Hallelujah. And thank uh, Pastor Chris for the opportunity to share God's word with you also. Father, we are so grateful. We ask for your grace and your mercy as I um, come to your word. As we come to your word, we ask, Lord, that you have mercy on me. Lord, use me um, to bring your word forth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> wow. Considering the beauty of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us this morning to consider the beauty, the expression of God's beauty in different ways. Um, the psalmist in this text looks at three big ways in which the beauty of God is expressed. Hallelujah. And the first one, he looks at it in nature. He sees what God has done, the glory of God that is revealed in nature. That's the first part from the verse 1 to the verse 6. And then the verse 7, if you have your Bibles, you could note it. The verse 7, he talks about the word of God, the beauty of God expressed in his written word. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to the last part. He talks about God's work in our hearts and what he does in our hearts. Hallelujah. Um, sometimes it's hard to see beauty. It's, it's hard to see beauty sometimes. Um, I remember I walked to, I was in Pastor Jack's house when he was around one time and he had planted all these um, um, tomatoes and whatever. And um, he was so excited about it. And like, oh, come and see my tomatoes, they are growing. And um, I, I, he was too excited that I had to be excited about his excitement, <laughs> not for the tomatoes. Um, but sometimes it's so hard to see beauty, especially when you are in times of difficulty. And it's one of the things I really appreciate about David, being able to see beauty in the midst of all that he was going through. And he was considering the beauty of the Lord. Hallelujah. Most times when you're in survival mode, you don't look at what is beautiful. I remember I was driving with Pastor Jack one time, and he was like, oh, why are the beaches like this? And um, the beaches are supposed to be beautiful. And I'm like, Pastor Jack, you know, uh, not all countries are thriving. Others are surviving. And when you're in survival mode, you don't care. You don't look so much at that. And it was one of the things I appreciate about David being able to look at God's beauty, although he was in a survival mode. The first one, it says, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Hallelujah. There's a bit of parallelism in here, poetry, um, Jewish poetry. So the same thing repeated in different ways. Then it says, day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. It says, the heavens... In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. Wow. How many have been observing the sun? The sun going in and coming out. I remember being in Mezuga one time. If you've not been to Mezuga, I think it's good to be there one of these times. And I was just wondering about the beauty. How did, this, how did all the sun gather in this place? And very, very early in the morning, I remember going out there to observe. Most of you, if you've been there, I'm sure, um, to see the sunset and the sunrise, and it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. I think it's very hard to say that God is, does not exist because you can see that there's something, there's a designer 
behind all of these things. Hallelujah. The verse 5, it says, It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. Then it says, It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. Hallelujah. This is so beautiful. I mean, if you go to the sea, most times when I'm very, very down, I just go to the seaside and I just observe the beauty and the magnitude and the plentiness of the water. Who could have brought all this water together here? It's only God. Hallelujah. Those of you who live by the seaside, I'm sure you always enjoy this so many times. Hallelujah. The next part, the verse 7, which we want to really look at, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Hallelujah. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. It's amazing. It's amazing that if um, David had to consider three things that God has expressed his beauty in, has expressed his glory, it's amazing that he considers the word of God. It is really amazing. I am amazed. And I would like to remind you that David didn't have the whole Bible. <laughs> he had a few pages of this Bible. He didn't have all the prophets. He didn't have Isaiah, all this magnitude of, of wisdom and, and of revelation. and of vision. He didn't have all that. He didn't have um, even Proverbs. He didn't, he didn't have it. He, all he had was the Torah, the five books of Moses. And maybe Job, maybe a few other books he had. But in considering these few books, he says the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Hallelujah. I wonder what he will tell us, those of us who have all the books of the Bible, even revelations. <laughs> we have everything. And maybe we are not so fascinated how, like David was fascinated with a few books of the Bible. And he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. How many believe the law of the Lord is perfect? Hallelujah. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. But it is perfect. Hallelujah. I remember uh, when he says it refreshes the soul. I remember when my mom died and I was so, so deep down in depression. And I remember the preacher who was preaching, and he turned to us, the children. I don't know whether you guys have in your culture, you know, during the funeral session, they turned to the children, and they began to speak to us directly. I remember the way my soul was revived. Hallelujah. It refreshes the soul. It refreshes the soul. The statutes or the testimony, the next verse, verse 8, the verse, yes, in the same verse, the statutes of the Lord or the testimony of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. Hallelujah. Making wise the simple. We need to get back God's word in our homes. We need to get back God's word in our schools. We need to get back God's word in our churches. It's amazing. Sometimes we go to church and a few minutes is given to God's word. Just a few minutes. But this is what will make the simple wise. Simple means they do not know danger. They can't tell what is dangerous. When you have children, children are so simple. <laughs> they
They can't tell what is dangerous. They go to the fire. They go to, you know, um, people they don't know. They, they are just so simple, so easy to go. And that's how we are sometimes. We are like sheep. I mean, the sheep, so simple, could follow anything. But it says the word of God, the testimony of God, the statutes of the Lord is what will make us wise. Hallelujah. The verse 8 says the precepts of the Lord. It's like the specific duties that God gives us. The precepts of the Lord. It means the specific duties that God gives us. That's what precepts are. Um, they are right. Giving joy to the heart. Hallelujah. If you feel depressed, one of the places you should go, or the best place you should go is God's word. I bet you. Maybe you've not tried it. It gives joy. I don't know how it does it, but it does it. It's amazing. It gives joy. It gives joy to the soul. Hallelujah. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Hallelujah. The rules of the Lord, they are radiant. The rules of the Lord are radiant. It says, the verse 9, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord, the decrees of the Lord, the divine declarations, that's what decrees are, of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. Hallelujah. How many think God's word is perfect? How many think God's word is righteous? How many think God's word gives light? Hallelujah. Words like seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added. It is perfect. It is a perfect word. Hallelujah. Words like do not store treasures on earth. It's perfect. Sometimes they don't make sense, my brother, my sister, but it's perfect. Words like consider others better than yourself and treat others better than yourself. You ask yourself, so who will take care of me? Who will treat, who will treat me well? Such words are perfect. They are good. Hallelujah. Amen. A woman or a man struggling in marriage and First Peter 3 tells you to endure and to hold on and to be of a good example is a perfect statement. I know that when you're in that marriage, it just doesn't make sense. But it's perfect. It is good. I will tell you why. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 6. Thank you, Father. The Lord spoke to Moses and he told Moses to give this command to his people. And this is how he wants them to handle his word. The verse 4. Hear, O Israel. Let me start from the verse 4. The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Huh? These commands that I give you today are to be on your heart. Hallelujah. It is not just supposed to be read. It's not just supposed to be seen. They must be where? On your heart. Tell somebody it must be on your heart. Say it again. It must be on your heart. When something is on your heart, how do you feel like? When an issue is on your heart. Something is on your heart. 
they must feel, the words must be like that on your heart. Impress them on your children. Hallelujah. Impress them on your, on your children. We have to. We have to. And I'm so grateful that RAC is doing this as a church. But we have to. It's essential for our children. It's essential to train our children in God's word. We will take them to the best schools. We want them to be in the best schools. And want them to be, have the best degrees and the best jobs. But the Bible is telling us here that impress rather the word of God. It is what makes somebody wise. It has, it has more value. Hallelujah. Impress them to your children. And I want to encourage parents. I know, it's, I know it's tough. I know it's difficult. I want to encourage you. Do this as a personal responsibility. It's your personal. It's not for the church. It's for you. It's your responsibility. Hallelujah. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Wow. Do you see? Where? Where? Talk about God's word when you sit where? At home. Hallelujah. He says, when you walk, out, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, talk about God's word. Talk about it. How many do you talk? How, many, how much of our conversation is filled with God's word? What percentage of your conversation is filled with God's word? Hallelujah. Tie them, the verse 8. Tie them as what? Symbols where? Ask your brother, what, what is on your hand? Let me see. Is there a wristwatch? Uh, <laughs> or something. He says, tie them on your hands. And bind them on your foreheads. I think that is extreme. <laughs> <laughs> you should wear something up here <laughs> about the word of God. No, he's just telling us God's heart. How God feels about his word. And how much he wants us to have it around us. Talk to somebody about it. Hallelujah. Walking on the road, talk to somebody. Talk to your children about it. When you lie down, when you wake up, talk to them about it. When you sit at home, talk to them about it. Wow. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Hallelujah. If we do all of this and we don't do the very first one, that says they must be where? On your heart. Tell somebody they must be on your heart. Tell somebody they must be on your heart. Hallelujah. The word of God must be on your heart. It must be. It must be talked about. And we can only do that if and if only we believe. That the word of God is perfect. We can do that if we believe that it makes wise the simple. We can do that if we believe that it gives joy to the heart. We can do that if we believe that it gives us a firm place to stand. It makes us secure. It makes us firm. Hallelujah. Psalm 90, Psalm 78. Psalm 78. There's something very fascinating that was said here. Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verse 9. Thank you, Jesus. 
Verse 9. It says, The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. The men of Ephraim did what? Though they had, they had arms, they turned back on the day of battle. And this is very similar to what God was telling Joshua. He says, yeah, you are going to battle. Yeah, you are going to take the promised land. But the most powerful weapon is not your machines. It's not your bows. It's not your spears. It's not the knives you have. No. Because it has happened already. The men of Ephraim did what? Though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant. They did not keep God's. They refused to live by his law. Are you seeing it? When you don't live by the covenant of the Lord, you lack courage. You lack boldness. Hallelujah. And refuse to live by the law. Verse 11. They forgot what he has done. They forgot the wonders. They forgot the testimonies of the Lord. It sucks courage away from you. And if we are going to walk in courage and be courageous, we will have to what? Like and enjoy the word of God. The verse 10 of our chapter. The verse 10. Psalm 19 verse 10. Are you there? They are more precious. It's talking about the word of God. God's word is what? More precious than gold. Than much pure gold. <laughs> they are sweeter than honey. Than honey from the honeycomb. Hallelujah. The best honey, the best gold. It says God's word is what? Is more precious. How many believe that? How many believe God's word is more precious? Hallelujah. Now, God stands for money. God stands for the things of this world. How many think that God's word, what God says, is more precious, has more value, is more valuable than God? How many think that? What God says? Hallelujah. Because when you wake up in the morning, and Bible says, talk about it when you wake up. Talk about it when you rise. Talk about it when you go to bed. But when you wake up in the morning and all that is on your mind is gold. How can I get that more gold? How can I get more gold? It shows the state of our hearts. Hallelujah. It says God's word is more what? Precious. Then it says it is it's sweeter than honey. Honey stands for pleasure. Honey stands for sex. Honey stands for things that make us happy. Hallelujah. So money and pleasure go hand in hand. But David says, this word of God has more value. It is more precious. It is more precious than these two things. These are the two things people are chasing in the whole world. Money and pleasure. Money and pleasure. Money and pleasure. But he says, God's word. I'm, I'm surprised at David. Because David was a very rich guy. Very rich. But I'm surprised that he wasn't known for his riches. He was known as a lover of God. 
He was known as somebody who loved the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The verse 11. He says, by them, your servant is warned. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Hallelujah. Gold cannot warn you. <laughs> Pleasure cannot warn you. They can't teach you. They can't preserve you. Now, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, maybe you like to look with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. He says, money is a defense. Can you look at it with me? Ecclesiastes 7. Hallelujah. It says, money is a defense. And wisdom is also a defense. But the advantage of wisdom is that it preserves the soul. It preserves the one who has it. I'm trying to find it. Anybody knows where it is? Ecclesiastes 7. Money. Yes, 12. Wisdom is shelter. As money is a, is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom what? Preserves those who have it. Money cannot. It cannot preserve you. It cannot warn you of danger. Hallelujah. It cannot keep you away from danger. And we are sheep. We cannot follow the voice of money. We cannot. We have to follow the voice of our master. That is expressed in this word. The verse 12. The verse 12. Then it says, Who, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Hallelujah. This is the third work, wonderful work of God. The third one. It's in the human heart. It's deep within us. This is the third beauty, the wonderful work that God does. Beautiful work he does inside of us. The verse 12. He says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servants away from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Then he says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful work. I was even, I'm so surprised that David could discern this. And it's, it's, it's so clear that God was working and was writing through him. Hallelujah. The first thing he talks about, he talks about three things. He says, my errors, forgive my hidden sins, my secret sins. It stands for the sins of omission. Things that we were supposed to do that we did not do. Things that we could have done that we did not do. Sometimes you, you realize that, oh, you should have been more gentle. You should have been more calm with your child. You were too harsh. It's a hidden sin. It's a secret sin. You did it without knowing. How many have driven past 60 before? How many, how many have been, how many drive past 60? Not intentionally. Oh, 
It's 80. And before you realize, oh, 95. Oh. Sins of omission. Hallelujah. Sins of omission. Things that we were supposed to do that we did not do. We were not aware of them. He says, do on, forgive my hidden faults. This is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. He says, keep, verse 13, keep your servants away from willful sins. These ones, you know them. How many know them? Willful sins. You know that you are not supposed to do, but mm, something is telling you to do it. How many? Let me see. How many will be honest here? I am one. Hallelujah. Willful sins. Sins that you know you are not supposed to do them. Presumptuous sins. Cain had the same issue. He wanted to kill his brother. And God told him, hey, sin is crouching at your door. Be careful. Oh, he knew it. But still. He says, keep us. Keep your servants away from it. This is a beautiful work God does inside of us. It is not the sun. It is not the seas. This one is not the word. It is something God is doing inside. It's so beautiful. I, I love this part so much. Because I realize that without God doing this work inside of us, we will destroy ourselves with sin. It is so nice. Hallelujah. Keep your servants away from willful sins. May they not rule over me. They want to get hold of me. They want to take me captive. They want to control me. There are things I know I should not be doing. Oh, but mm, I feel like doing them. How many feel like overeating? You know that you are not, you know it is okay. But mm, you want to keep going. From one cake to another cake. To one couscous and then an apple in between. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many feel like, I mean, you, you want to take, you are not supposed to take, but you want, you want to take it. It's not yours. How many are tempted with cheating, with sex, with pornography, with something that we know, we know we are not supposed to? How many? Because it's a willful sin. It wants to take hold of you. It wants to grab you. You know you are supposed to forgive. And you know it. And you know it. And you know it. But somehow you just don't want to forgive. No. It's a willful sin. Pastor Chris will be dealing with that a bit more. Hallelujah. He says, then I will be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Then I will be what? Blameless and innocence of great transgression. And this is where I come and I say, David fell a little bit short. It is not then. It's not then will I be blameless. Hallelujah. It is not then. Bible tells us in John, 1 John chapter 2. Go with me. 1 John chapter 2. It's not then will I be blameless. No. It's not then. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 1. Put up for us. First John 2 verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Hallelujah. He's not asking us to sin, no. 
But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate. Hallelujah. With who? With the Father. Tell somebody you have an advocate with the Father. Say louder, I have an advocate with the Father. Hallelujah. We have an advocate with the Father. Ha. The one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Hallelujah. He is, verse 2, Jesus is what? He is what? The atoning sacrifice for our sins. Hallelujah. Amen. And not only for us, but also for the sins of the whole world. Not only for us, but for the sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. With the coming of Jesus, with the coming of Jesus and his atoning sacrifice, we are blameless. We are blameless. Hallelujah. We are blameless, not because we do right or we do wrong. We are blameless because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We are blameless. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. We are blameless. We are blameless because of Jesus on the cross for you and I. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is the most beautiful work of God. Beautiful. This is the most amazing work of God in all of creation. Ah. Either. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. The old has gone, and the new has what? Has come. Hallelujah. If anyone is where? In Christ. The most amazing, amazing, beautiful creation of God is those that God is creating in Christ. Those that are made in Christ. It is beautiful. It is amazing. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by this, by this beauty of God. And how does he do it? He says, if anyone is created in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We are blameless because of Christ. Because of the cross. Hallelujah. The verse 18. He says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Giving us the ministry of reconciliation. Wow. And it says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Not counting men's sins against them. Hallelujah. This is what David did not know. That is why he said in Psalm 24, he said, Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven by the Lord. David could see this coming. Psalm 24, he said, Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. This is so beautiful. So I want to submit to you that God's amazing best creation was Jesus. The height of his creation 
was Jesus. Was us created in Jesus. I should say it that way. Wasn't Jesus. It is men who are born again in Jesus. Hallelujah. The height of his creation. The most amazing part of his creation. Where his glory is most revealed is in Jesus. Colossians chapter 1. Let me finish with Colossians chapter 1. Oh, thank you, Father. Yes, physical creation is beautiful, like the sun and all that, but it's not as amazing as we who are created in Christ Jesus. Colossians 1, either, verse 15, he says, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of our all creation. For by him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that everything in everything he might have the supremacy hallelujah for god was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross this is amazing this is the most powerful amazing beauty of god given to us shall we pray oh thank you father i want to pray i want you to just ask the lord father let me not let me not lose the beauty yes i can see the beauty in the sun i can see the beauty in the sea i can see the beauty in your creation but let me not lose the beauty let me not stop being all in all of your word and of the work you've done inside of us and your work you've done in christ by creating us in jesus christ making us blameless in him oh we thank you father we give you glory father may we not lose the beauty lord may we come here every sunday celebrating celebrating your word celebrating what you've done in our hearts father give us courage to talk to our children about these things give us the love give us the faith give us what it takes Lord to train our children in your word and Father help us as you do this beautiful work in us keeping us away from willful sin forgiving us forgiving us Father, may we never lose the beauty of your work. Oh, thank you.
We thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, how lovely you are. You are so gentle, so pure, and so kind. You shine like the bright morning star. Jesus, how Jesus, how lovely you are. Oh, you are so gentle, so pure, and so kind. You shine like a bright morning star. Jesus, how lovely. Let's sing it, Jesus. is our prayer that we'll realize that Jesus is the amazing beauty. His amazing beauty. And Father, we'll be in awe. So much in awe that we'd like to share this Jesus. We'd like to talk to our children about this Jesus and the work that you've done inside of us in Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Uh, we, 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 we cannot be so amazed about the Son, about creation. We cannot be so amazed more than your word. We cannot be so amazed more than what you've done in our hearts. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, how lovely Of our creation, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. You are so gentle, so pure, and so kind. You shine like a bright morning star. the beauty Lord may we not become insensitive to what you have done Father may the sun may the seas remind us of Jesus hallelujah
May your word remind us of Jesus. And what you've done in our hearts. The ultimate beauty of God. The ultimate beauty of God. Open eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Oh, yeah. To reach out and touch Jesus. May this be your prayer. To say that we love you. Say it again. Let's sing again. Oh, yeah. Open eyes, Lord. Oh, we want to see Jesus. That's our prayer, Lord. Oh, to reach out and touch. To say that we love you. To say that we love you. Open eyes, word of God. The one who was called and the word was made flesh. We thank you. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for giving us all these books of the Bible. Thank you. I ask somebody to come and pray for us. Anybody would like to come and take the mic. Jesus, somebody. 
my brothers, my sisters, he's too beautiful. He's too amazing. And I pray that as you go and you read the Bible, may you see him. May he be revealed to you. Hallelujah. As you watch nature, may Jesus be revealed to you. As he does the work inside of you, may Jesus be revealed to you. In the name of Jesus.